Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. My name is Matt. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. It's good to know the marriage tonight is not having McDonald's. That's good to know. You know what's funny, though? Sorry, this is not a part of my notes. People are like, I don't like McDonald's. I don't like McDonald's. Have you seen their sign? It said like 10 billion people served. We like McDonald's. Like, we can't wear it. Sorry, sidetracked. McDonald's sidetracked me. Hey, is there any um, fans of the TV show, um, The Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory? Got some fans out here? Yeah, so um, one of the characters um, on the show is, is Sheldon. And Sheldon struggles to find um, friends. And so there's this one episode, we're going to watch a video here, where he comes up with an algorithm on how to find friends. So watch this video. Algorithm for making friends. <laughs> Sheldon, there is no algorithm for making friends. Well, well, hear him out. If he's really onto something, we could open a booth at Comic-Con, make a fortune. <laughs> My initial approach to Kripke had the same deficiencies as those that plagued Stu the Cockatoo when he was new at the zoo. <laughs> Stu the Cockatoo? Yes, he's new at the zoo. <laughs> it's a terrific book. I've distilled its essence into a simple flow chart that will guide me through the process. Have you thought about putting him in a crate while you're out of the apartment? <laughs> Hello, Kripke. Yeah, Sheldon Cooper here. It occurred to me that you hadn't returned any of my calls because I hadn't offered any concrete suggestions for pursuing our friendship. Yeah, perhaps the two of us might share a meal together. Yeah, I see. Well, then perhaps you'd have time for a hot beverage. Popular choices include tea, coffee, cocoa. I see. No, 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 wait, don't hang up yet. But, what about a recreational activity? I bet we share some common interests. You tell me an interest of yours. You, really? On actual horses? <laughs> tell me another interest of yours. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I have no desire to get in the water till I absolutely have to. <laughs> tell me another interest of yours. Uh-oh, he's stuck in an infinite loop. I can fix it. Mm-hmm. You're just in time. So, yeah. Finding friends. Don't you wish there was an algorithm for finding friends? Right? Yeah. Uh, for some of us, you say, no, I don't need an algorithm. Like, finding friends and making friends is, is fairly easy for you. Uh, but for some, making friends may not be that easy. And so you're saying, I, I want an algorithm. I want an algorithm. I want to know how to make friends. But whether, we're, whether it's easy for us or it's hard for us, Having friends is important. Having friends is important. There are some actual, like, physical benefits to friends. I was looking through, and I found some different, like, medical websites and, and psychology websites. Um, some, of the, some of the benefits there is um, making friends or having friends increases your self of belonging or your self-worth. Um, it reduces stress levels. It helps with coping. It can help with unhealthy lifestyles. Um, there's an increased feeling of security when you have a friend. And so these are all like, like I said, med medical or like mental benefits of having friends. But then even if you have a friend, like 
friends are just, they're just fun, right? If you just have a friend, like, that's a great benefit. I have friends and I have fun with them. Could you imagine what this world would be like if we had to spend all of our time with just our family? Man, oh man, I don't, ugh, I'm just kidding, I love my family. But, but friends are fun, right? Friends are fun. I thought about this. If I've taken like longer car rides and I've done some of them by myself and sometimes it takes a really long time to get there. You're like, oh man, this is taking forever. But then I'll do a similar car ride, a similar distance, a similar number of hours with, with a friend in the car and it goes by so much quicker, right? Would you guys experience that? It's because friendships, while they have physical and mental and psychological or whatever benefits, it's also fun and enjoyable to have friends. And friendships today, I think, are a little bit different than what they used to be, than what they used to be, right? In my, I'm, way back when, in my day, friends were, but, but it is a little bit different. And I would even argue that friends today are maybe a little bit different. Friendships today are a little bit different than how God even wanted them to be designed. And let me give you, let me give you a scripture um, as an example of this. In Proverbs 18, 24, it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so unreliable friends, if you have unreliable friends, it can come to ruin. I would even argue if you have no friends, then you are subject to come to ruin. In the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says this, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so that term, a companion, I feel like we live in a world where we have more companions than friends. Let me give you an example. I looked this up this week for me on Facebook. I have 886 friends. And to be honest, that's probably a low number compared to some that have you know, thousands and thousands of friends on Facebook. And I was thinking about that, of those 886 friends on Facebook, how many of them are actually friends of mine? Like, if I look at that, I, will, I would be willing to bet that most of those people that I'm friends with on Facebook are actually companions. They're my companions, right? I've even had, like, these conversations, and, and this is just an example of my life, but I think it happens where I'll be in conversations, and somebody will come up that I, that I kind of know, and, and, and in that conversation, I'm like, oh, would well, you know this person? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, we're Facebook friends. Like, that means that we're, like, these deep you know, passionate friends when really I barely know that person. But I say, oh yeah, they're my friend because they're my friend on Facebook. And there's other different ways, and I use Facebook as an example, but it could be other social media. But I think even in real life, we just have more companionship than we have friendship. I looked up the, the word friend. One of the translations in the Greek, it, it was to beloved, the beloved. And I, when I thought about my Facebook friends, like how many of them are really like beloved friends? And it's probably not that many. And so when I was thinking about this, this companionship and, and the difference between companionship and friendship is it's going all in. It's going all in. So don't get me wrong, I have close friends but my close friends are friends that I am, that I am all in with. 
that I'm all in with, as opposed to the people that I'm not as all in with, those become more companions. And so here's the deal as we, as we think about this, like with our friendships that we're going all in with, and we're going to share scripture today, and I've kind of painted this picture of like that we need to have close friends, and we do, but I will say this, there are no limits on the number of friends, of true friends that you can have. We're going to look at scripture, and the scripture does not say, right, it says, um, but there is a friend who sticks closer. That's just an example. It doesn't say you just have to have one friend. Of my 886 companions, I can make those closer friendships by going all in with them. And so hold that thought. We are in a message series called All In, Giving Life All We Got. In this series, we're, we're looking at what it means to go all in in different areas of our life. Last week, Pastor Clint did a powerful message on going all in with the next generation, kind of those that are like um, 30 and below, the, the Gen um, Xs and the Gen Ys, more of the Gen Ys, the Millennials and the, the Gen Z, but going all in. And so this week, we are going to look at, at what it means to go, go all in with friendships. This scripture is going to look a little different. Usually we have a chunk of, of scripture and we kind of, that's our base, but we're going to bounce around in some scriptures in 1 Samuel uh, for this. I have to set this scripture up. So this is a, a friendship that God gives us as an example in 1 Samuel. It's 1 Samuel chapters 18 through 20. And it's the friendship between uh, David and Jonathan. And I want to set this up because there's three main characters that you're going to see, three main figures that you're going to see. One is going to be obviously David. That's King David. King David, in his lifetime right now, he has already defeated Goliath. He has slain Goliath. But he is not yet king because he, slay, he, he beats Goliath when he's a young boy. He's then anointed to become king, but he's, no, he's not king yet. That's where he's at in his life. Uh, the other one then is Saul. He's another figure. So Saul is the one who is the king. He's the king right now. And Saul is the father of the third person, which is Jonathan. And so Jonathan, again, is Saul's son. Um, he becomes David's friend and he's roughly the same age. He's probably a little bit older than David, but he's not like generations older. He's in that same age range as David. And so those are the three figures that you will see um, in this scripture. And I want to start by kind of sharing the, the end of this story, because we're going to share scripture in here that talks about these different events that happen between um, David and Jonathan. And then those events lead up to this scripture right here. And this is from 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 42. It says this, it says, Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to town. And that's the last time that we know in Scripture that David and Jonathan actually saw each other. And so again, that Scripture is at the tail end of these different events. And so these events happen, and the Scripture says, we have a sworn friendship. And then that friendship, it says, is in the name of the Lord. And so we're going to use David 
and Jonathan and their friendship. We're going to use them as our algorithm today on, on what God is saying a true friend really is. Because David and Jonathan, they were all in together. They were all in together. And so the title of today's message is going all in with friendships. And again, we're going to look at that friendship and use it as our algorithm from God on what it means to be an all-in friend. Let me pray before we dig in. So God, I do, I just pray that, um, I'm going to say thank you first and foremost for, for your example of David and Jonathan. Thank you for laying that out in scripture and giving us the detail of what it means to be friends. And so God, as, as, as I speak today, I just want my words to be your words. Give us a good description of what it means to have a true all-in friend and what that means, God. And so just get me out of the way of this message, God, and, and speak your word this morning. We invite the Holy Spirit in. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, this is one example from the Bible. This is, there's four things that I get. In this scripture, I would say go and read it. There's probably more than four things. I'm going to get four things that I felt like God is calling me to, to, to say today. But again, there's more examples in the Bible. This is just one of them. But the first point is this. True friends show love. True friends show love. In 1 Samuel chapter 18... Verses 1 through 3, it says, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. So Saul's saying, David's good at what he does. Stay with me. Again, Jonathan is Saul's friend, so they become friends. But then in verse 3, it says again, And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And so there is love there between Jonathan and David. Jonathan's saying, I love this guy. I love him like I love myself. And so true friends, there's, there's love there. There has to be love present. But more than that, I think we have to show our love. As friends, we need to show that love. So in verse one through three, we share that. In verse four, it says this, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. And then later on, just quickly in um, chapter 20, Jonathan said to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. And so while Jonathan, in the first part, he says, man, I love you. I love this man as myself. But he didn't just say it, he showed it. He did it. How did he show it? He gave him the clothes off his back. It says he gave him his tunic. He gave him his weapon, his sword. He's saying, this is for you. I'm showing you that I love you through my actions. And that's what true friendship is. It's showing that we love our friends. It's showing that we'll do things, right? Jonathan did things for David. He gave him his weapon. Here, this is for you. It's essentially an act of service. And so I was thinking, okay, 
What can we do? What does that look like for us? And, and our, our acts of service, our showing love to our friends could be, could be in these categories, again, just categories that came to my mind, but it could be possessions, time, money, sometimes all three. So here's an example of possession. How can I, how can I be all in with my friend through my possessions? How can I show them I love them through my possessions? Let's say you have a friend that they had a tree that, that fell down and you have a chainsaw or you have a log split or something. That's a possession that you could lend them. Say, hey, here it is. Use this, right? You maybe have a friend that, that um, is moving and you have a pickup truck. Hey, we all know if you have a pickup truck, you're everybody's friend, right? But, you can, <laughs> but, but that's something you can do. That's a possession you're saying, hey, here's my truck, use it. I wanna show you that I love you. Maybe it could be time. Maybe you're just going to make a meal and that's time for you. Like, oh, I can take a half hour, an hour to make a meal because my friend needs one because of a certain situation in his or her life. Time could also be just spending time with them. Maybe it's, I'm just going to sit on a phone call for half an hour and listen because they had a rough day or I'm going to go get coffee with them. It's just time. It could also be money. I'm going to give you a personal example of this in my life. So we had some friends. My son um, just turned 16, and he actually gets his driver's license um, this upcoming Friday. So if you could pray for me, that would be great. Um, no, but he, so when he turned 16, we're, my wife were like, what are we going to do if we need a vehicle for him? But we had friends that, that were able to just, they said, take our, take our car. We have a car that we're not using. It's yours. And they signed it over to us. And that, you think, well, that's not money. They didn't just give us cash. They gave us the car, but they could have sold that car for probably thousands of dollars, but they gave it to us. That was showing us that they loved us. That was showing us that they loved us. And again, we can do, we can do these different things, and they can be a combination. It can be, it can be broader than that as well. Those are just three things that I, that I thought of that we can we can show our friends. But the main thing is, there has to be love in an all-in friendship, but we have to show that love. So that was point one. True friends show love. Point number two is that true friends stand up for one another. They stand up for one another. So at one point in the scripture, this is chapter 19, Saul tells Jonathan, like, I'm going to kill David. He says, or he tell, I think he orders Jonathan, go kill David. And so that's what's happening in this. And, and so this, this happens, and again, Jonathan is David's friend. I just got an order from my dad, from the king, that says, go kill David. But now Jonathan goes to tell David, he's like, listen, I'm not going to kill you. That's the order. I'm supposed to kill you, but I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'm going to instead go talk to my dad, talk, talk to Saul, talk to the king. And this is the conversation. So um, 1 Samuel chapter 19, verses 4 and 5, it said, Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He's kind of referring back to like, he said he, he slain Goliath and beat the Philistines amongst others. Like, he's done good for you. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. 
The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? And so Jonathan, he is standing up for David. He's saying, no, 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 wait a minute. Look at all this stuff he has done. You can't kill him. He's standing up for his friend. And he's standing up for his friend against two very important people. I mean, one person, but two important people in his life. His father and the king. His friendship, his all-in friendship is more important in, that, in this situation than his relationship with his father or the relationship with the king. That's an all-in relationship. That's an all-in friendship. Because Jonathan, he's defending David. He's defending him to his father. And so we think about this. In this case, this scenario, it's defense. But when we, when we, when we stand up for our friends, it doesn't always have to be like defensive, like, no, they do this. I think sometimes it can be more like um, you, can, you can recommend your friend for something. You can recommend, recommend a friend for um, a job or a promotion. Um, I've worked a lot of years in um, student ministry and with students, and I've recommended a lot of students for college applications or college scholarships. But you can recommend for things. And I, and I was thinking this, and we think, well, may, maybe you don't have the opportunity to recommend, but it, it's really this. Standing up for your friend is, is really knowing a friend's gifts or skills or talents and like promoting those to other people. Promoting those to other people. Like in this case, right? When, when Jonathan is standing up for David, this is after David defeated Goliath. He defeated not only Goliath, but he defeated the Philistine army after that. And he's also led other armies. So his skills, David's skills right now, his ability, he's a really good like army leader, a warrior that way, right? And so, so Jonathan is saying, he is really good at this. Let him do his thing. That's how he's standing up. And so we can stand up for our friends that way. When we have friends, we know their skills. We know their abilities. Stand up for them. Point those skills out to others. Man, because again, in 2023, I think we live in a culture where everything gets torn down, everything gets negative, boom, and it just drags you down. In a culture like this, as true Christians with true friends, we can build our friends up. We can build them up. So true friends stand up for one another. Point number three, true friends watch out for each other. They watch out for each other. And so in this scripture, again, Saul is trying to kill David because he's jealous of David. He's jealous of all these victories that David says, so he doesn't like David. He's trying to kill David. And so Jonathan, again, knows this. He comes up with a plan. And this is the plan that, that Jonathan comes up with. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 20 through 22. He says this. This is Jonathan speaking. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, 
The arrows are on this side of you. Bring them here. Then come, because surely the Lord um, lives. Um, you are safe. There is no danger. Does that make sense? So he's saying, I'm going to shoot an arrow. If I say, it's on this side of you, that's my code word for you to say, David, you're safe. Because David's out there hiding. Does that make sense? That's what's happening right there. David's hiding. That's the code word. You're going to be safe. But then he goes on, he says, but if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go because the Lord has sent you away. And so then in verse 37, here's the answer. It says, when the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, isn't the arrow beyond you? And so that's really the code to David. David's out there hiding. John said, isn't it beyond you? He's saying, hey, Saul's coming after you. So you need to flee. You need to flee. In that case, Jonathan is watching out for David. He's watching out for David. He's protecting David. It's a protection. And so again, for us, if I think, okay, what, what are things, some things we need protection about? Obviously, we can protect our friends from bad things, right? We can protect our, 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 our friends from bad things. But sometimes the bad things aren't in your face obvious. They're not that obvious. Sometimes they can be. But sometimes it can be like protecting a friend from a job. That's speaking into a friend's life and saying, hey, this job, it may not be for you. It may be protecting him from a relationship, maybe a girl or a boy, right? Hey, this relationship may not be good for you. That's an all-in friendship. It's protecting. It's watching out for them. Sometimes watching out for our friends is really protecting them from themselves. Like, you're, it, you may you say, hey, you're in, a, you're in, you got some unhealthy habits. I have some friends in my life that speak that into me. I don't have the, exactly the greatest eating habits. Some of you probably know this. But I have friends that speak that into me. And I battle it. But those, those words, when they speak those into me, it means a lot. Because it's, it's hard for me sometimes to, to see myself. And so I need somebody to speak that into me. They are watching out for me. They are watching out for me. This actually happens in David's life as well. Later on in the book of 2 Samuel, so David has now become king. And I don't have the example up here, but I'll just tell you the story. David has become king, and David makes a mistake, and he basically has an affair on his wife with another married woman. And he actually gets it in deeper and deeper trouble, and he tries to cover it up, and he has this woman's husband killed in the battle. He just thinks he can cover it up. Well, there's somebody that, that is Nathan. Nathan later on in 2 Samuel, calls him out and says, hey, what you did was wrong. And at first, David's like, no, you're right. Then, but then he reflects and says, ah, oh, you're right. I mean, he probably tears, tears his clothes. That's a sign in the Old Testament. A lot of times he tore his, his clothes. But Nathan watched out for David. He kind of called him out on, on some things he was doing wrong. He was protecting David from himself. And if you look at that story in 2 Samuel, what happens David then reconciles. There's a little, there's a consequence in there, but David basically reconciles with God. And he does that only because Nathan watches out for him. He speaks into his life. 
There's a proverb that I think when we're talking about friendships and all-in friendships, maybe the most powerful scripture for friendship in the entire Bible, it says this. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. And so if you have just companions and they speak into you, it's not going to mean nearly, nearly as much. But when you have friends and they speak into you, it means a lot more. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. It doesn't say wounds from a companion can be trusted. It said wounds from a friend can be trusted. So that's three. Point three, true friends watch out for each other. And then point four is this. True friends accept and return the favor. So they accept the favor and then they return the favor. And so, so far, if we look at this story between Jonathan and David, it's really been about Jonathan giving to David, right? Jonathan watching out for David. Jonathan standing up for David. Jonathan protecting David. But then there's a return to this. There's a return because friendship shouldn't be one way. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 41, said, After they had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone. This is after, right after the arrow thing. He's saying, go away. And so then they meet up one last time, Jonathan and David. And he says this, he says, um, they can beat my stone. And David bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. And so he basically bowed down to say, Jonathan, you've watched out for me. You've stood up for me. Like, I'm saying thank you. I'm saying thank you to you. I'm bowing down. Remember, David is the anointed king. He's not king yet, but he's going to be. And he is now bowing down to somebody essentially of lesser stature than him. That's a big deal. But he's doing it because he's saying, man, I accept what you've done for me and I'm thanking you for doing that for me. And so we, if we want to be friends, we have to accept people's blessings in our lives. I gave you the van example. My wife and I, we, I don't say we lamented on this, whatever, it wasn't that, but we, we thought it was harder for us to accept the van. But if we wouldn't have, I think that might've hurt their feelings. Like, eh, they, they didn't, they said no. So we have to accept the friendship. But then there's also this other side of it as well. So sometimes it's hard for us to accept. We have to accept, but we need to also return the favor. The second part of verse 42 there in chapter 20, it says, then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. And so this is part of that saying thanks, but they wept together. It's saying, hey, I'm returning this favor to you. I'm returning this favor to you because... It's a two-way, again, two, friendship is a two-way street. We can't always be the friend that we just accept, 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 accept because it's going to wear people down. We also have to either return that favor in a friendship and we have to also watch out for them and we have to speak up for them and we have to love them. It can't just be a one-way, take-everything friendship. It's got to work two ways. It's got to work two ways.
And so again, that was point number four. True friends accept and return the favor. And so I just want to encourage us today as we, as we think about going all in with our friendships, we can show love, we can stand up, we can watch out, and we can accept the friendship and return the favor. I'm going to invite Pastor Clint. He's going to come up and... Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.